Hey guys, welcome to this special episode of Yesterday's Capers. And in this episode, I'll be talking to Dante Lee and Irvin Lee, a father and son duo from Los Angeles. Dante Lee is a blogger and internet marketeer, and Irvin Lee is a IT consultant and songwriter. Now, the significant thing about this duo is that Dante Lee, he felt like or he believed that he was showing a lot of the the symptoms of COVID-19 and he was denied a test. So he couldn't know one way or another or for sure whether or not he had it. But he felt at the time that he was showing a lot of the, the symptoms of coronavirus. Now, I know you're probably thinking, oh, well, if he thinks he has it, maybe he doesn't. But the whole point of us trying to figure out how to to beat this thing is that we need to be able to test people and if they have it take the necessary action and if they don't then they can be eliminated and that's the whole point to make sure that if people have it people don't have it the right course of action needs to be taken and as a result of all of this his dad, Irvin, or he calls himself the undiscovered artist, he wrote uh, a song called the Coronavirus Song or the Rona Song. And the song was written, I'm guessing, or as they will tell us in the, the interview, it was just about writing a song, just telling them like, how he feels and he's portraying it and he's expressing it in the song i mean i've heard the song i think it's a it's a fantastic song and i'm not going to talk too much because i don't want to give the interview away so why don't you actually listen to it for yourselves and yeah here you go here's the interview i'm sure you will enjoy it it's very very important right now it's a a topic a subject that doesn't seem to be going away the pandemic doesn't seem to be going away, so I'll stop talking and you can listen to the interview now. And I'm uh, delighted to to say that joining me is uh, Dante Lee and uh, his father, the Undiscovered Artist. Hey guys, how's it going? All right, how you doing, Eps? How about you? Good, good. I'm good. I mean, thank you so much for taking the time out to uh, to talk to me. I really, really appreciate it. And we feel exactly the same. Thank you. It's an honor to be on your show. Oh well, well, thank you very much. I mean, let's um, let's get started right away. So, um, if you guys just want to tell me a bit about yourselves and and what you do. Yeah, so I do web web uh, development and blogging, and my dad is an IT consultant. And um, I guess the reason why we're here on your show a little bit is because um, I. A couple of about two months ago, I started feeling the symptoms of, of the coronavirus and I went to get tested. And um, ultimately, I was denied a test. I was told that I didn't qualify for a test. So that was kind of a scary experience uh, for my family. And my dad, also being a songwriter, he decided to write a song about it. And then the song became really popular. I mean, what, what exactly did they say? Like the reason why you were denied a test was there any particular reason that they gave? 
I mean, ultimately, the reason that was given to me was that my symptom, I had some of the symptoms, but it wasn't bad enough to get tested. So ultimately, they were saying that you have to pretty much be dying uh, before you get a test. And so that was, that's very frustrating because, of course, this virus is very contagious and you do need to know if you have it so that you can be sure not to infect others, also so that you can receive the proper treatment that you might need to, to save your own life. Yeah. I mean, because the World Health Organization, one of the, the things that they'd kind of said when once it was announced that it would be a global pandemic was test, test, test. That was one of the key components. So the fact that you're you're showing symptoms and they're not willing to to test you unless you're like literally on the on the gurney like knocking on death's door that 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 sounds crazy to me and also i think here in in the uk it's almost similar to the point of where the nhs they're kind of telling people like don't call us unless you're on on the brink kind of thing and i i, I don't know i just i i find that to be insane that's what makes it really sad because the symptom i actually had the, the worst symptom that you could have you could have with difficulty breathing um and that still didn't qualify me for a test and sadly in the nationwide black community even in the uk there have been black people who have been denied tests some of them multiple times and then they end up dying from the virus yeah and it's and it's a case where like this virus it appears to be affecting the the black community way way more correct so that's another component to kind of consider and 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 look at absolutely and um also like with how how are you feeling now so this was two months ago i feel a lot better um but still the frustration and the disappointment is there of course because you see other families going through the same thing and as you mentioned it seems to be primarily happening to to black people around the world so i think that was really what inspired my dad to write a song to put it out there about this particular virus and the black perspective of it the black experience of it yeah and not only that but still i mean okay he, i mean he you know, we prayed and he survived, but you got to remember that suppose it's not over. You can get it again. So can you think of, can, can you imagine the thought of your first experience when you really weren't treated? And then if you, so if you ended up feeling sick again or getting it again, you, now you already know, you know, you know, ahead of time what to expect. And that's not encouraging at all. You know, I was literally going to say that there is no guarantee that once you've you've had the virus that is no guarantee that it can come back again. Absolutely. It's not one of those where if you've had it, it goes away and that's it. Like it can, it can easily, it can easily come back. And so in that, in that kind of respect, like how are you sort of handling it now in terms of like being in lockdown and, and self-isolation? Like how's that going for you right now? Both of you actually. Well, we have a protocol. I mean, you know, we're following the protocol that everybody should be following you know we you know we we definitely we definitely taking it seriously so you know we have our we have our masks we we, we definitely you know you know we don't go out a lot and if, and if one person goes out you know we try to get our shopping list done in that fashion you know we we all have our you know 70 percent alcohol sprayers 
you know, um, washing hands. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we we taking it seriously. We're not we're not, we're not of that group that that thinks it's a hoax, you know, or or thinks it's not real. So um, and so, then just eating right, boosting your immune system, anything you can anything you can do that makes sense, that's logical to keep your yeah resistance up. Absolutely. And um, what message would you have to people who aren't taking it seriously? Well, um, it's hard, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question and a hard question to answer because people are not taking it seriously for so many reasons. Some based on, you know, the rights of a human being, you know, others just not outright believing it, you know, and, and, and everything in between. And so it almost seems like a, you know, a movie that was, it was, it was casted bad, you know, you know, you know, it's the same disease affecting us all. And then you have these different reactions, like it's an option, like it's, a, you know, you know, and so it's, it's just hard to explain, you know, the reactions of other people. Um, you have people now walk, you go outside, some got on masks, some don't, you know, and then you, they stop an interview by the media, they have re the reason that they have to support what they're doing are not going to blow you away. You know, it's like, you know, you know, just these reasons of, you know, of, of person, you know, of, it's more about their constitutional right. Yeah. And that kind of thing, you know, or I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not worried about it right now, you know, as much. I wear my mask when I do this, but I don't think I need it right now, you know, so it, it's, it's hard, you know. Yeah. I mean, how, I mean, because obviously you've, kind of faced this virus head on it seems and it, you obviously had the worst of it which was not breathing i mean how does it make you feel if someone's just going out just brazenly just going about their their daily life like i've seen in florida like the beaches are like all packed out even like here in in the uk because like, last week was um, our kind of veterans day memorial sort of thing and you literally had people out on the streets having like street parties you wouldn't think that there was a, a pandemic so when you're kind of seeing all of that and considering like how this virus has hit home like how does that make you feel i mean it's sad it's frustrating uh it's disappointing that people unfortunately will have to potentially get the virus themselves or be affected that one of their own family members get affected before they really see how serious it is. But yeah, it's, it's sad, but what can you do, you know, other than, I guess what we're doing now, just talking about it, creating awareness. I think the song my dad wrote was, was a great idea because like music speaks to people, you know, it speaks to all age groups, it speaks to all nationalities, and it kind of penetrates you in a different way. And when you think about it, there's no song out there right now that kind of seriously takes on this virus and how it's affecting us. Yeah. And in terms of, of, of the song, like, tell me, tell me about the, the process of, of the song, how you came up with the idea, what like kind of work went into, into making, into making the song. Well, you know, like I said, my son, you know, had his experience, which means if he had it, you know, as a parent, you have it, you know, so, you know, and, and so, and so we have different phases of the process. The first is dealing with my son and the reality of, you know, going to the hospital and coming back and not knowing any more than he knew before he left and still having the symptoms. As you know, like I said, you're watching, you watch, you're seeing now, you know, you're seeing now what you've seen on television. 
happening right in front of you. You know, my son, you know, me and my son are into healthy, healthy eating and all that. So he's never had a condition where he couldn't breathe. And neither have I. So, you know, so he can't breathe. And, you know, and normally when you go to a doctor, they immediately want to give you a series of tests. You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, you know, even if you don't even qualify for it, they always throwing in some tests. And so it's how you, it's very unique how with this one situation here, when you need a test to determine, you know, you know, where you are, you know, are you sick or are you not? You know, a test seems to be the hardest thing to get, you know, and like you said, in the media, they talk about, you know, the testing, but, you know, in reality, you know, it's a decision that's really being made once you get there. And that, you know, and that decision varies. We, somebody decides for after, you know, you know, checking you out is whether you deserve to have a test or not, you know, or go home and come back when you, you know, when you're, when you're a little bit sicker than this. So that's frightening at all. You know, that's frightening. And then, like you said, he came back and, and we didn't know, you know, whether he was infected or not, and neither did he. So, but eventually we did the one, the next best thing we prayed. And, you know, he, and we, he continued to, you know, you know, you know, strengthen his immune system, you know, with herbs and vitamins and foods and, and it worked out. And so after we got past that point, we were able to, you know, take our frustration and now take it somewhere else. And that's when, and that's when the song came up, you know, and I, you know, ran it past my son and he ran it past me. And, you know, normally I don't sing anymore, but COVID-19, you know, took away that option. Normally I'll write something and somebody else will sing it. But, yeah, you know, and so that, so that was the reason why it wasn't going to happen. And then my son says, well, hey, dad, you know, it's got to happen and you got to sing it. So, yeah. yeah, and that's how we got to that, you know, to that point. What has the response been like of 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 this song of yours? How have people reacted to it and how's that been like? Well, it's, I mean, it's, the reaction has been extremely well. I mean, um, you know, we're constantly doing interviews, you know, um, and they're lining up. And like I said, we have a very serious song. You know, we're not, you know, a lot of the songs out there kind of, you know, give, give or take a handful, they're kind of laughing and joking, you know, and talking about me, me, and how this is inconveniencing me, you know, quarantining and all that. And so in my song, my song really outlines the story, you know, of events perverse of what people are experiencing, you know, you know, with the, you know, with the virus, you know, and so from the, from the doctor, you know, to the to stores with masks, you know, and, and and then the thought process people were thinking about what they're you know what they're going you know when somebody coughs, how does that make you feel? And then the fact that you can't get a test. So my song covers all of those you know you know um you know scenarios, and so and that's you know and it's also and it has a serious tone, and so that's why the response has been good you know extremely well. So and my son you know he's my son he's handling so he can tell you more, but we just been. A, we, we just got on a chart where we were, where Alicia Keys was a number one song. We were number two. Yeah, like oh top, wow, top ten, top ten uh, R&B, hip hop, and reggae coronavirus songs, and we were listed as number two. That's amazing. Yeah, we've been promoting the song. We made it. We made it available for people to listen to and stream for free. We created a website at coronavirussong.com. Um, you can stream it on iTunes. You can stream it on Spotify. Um, SoundCloud, all of those, and then yeah, it's just been receiving international attention. Like now, we 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 have the pleasure of doing an interview with you all the way in the UK, so it's it's gone overseas, and uh, I think it just and it just resonates with people. It's a real song. Um, it speaks to what people are really going through, 
And like my dad, he can expound on this, but like he grew up in an era where music was like that, you know, like Marvin Gaye and such. Like they, those type of people and Stevie Wonder, they wrote songs about what people were going through at the time. And this song does just that. So it kind of really resonates with everybody, young and old, black and white. Yeah, and I think that answers the question you asked earlier too about the answers people are getting. I mean, about the, you know, the different reactions that we're getting. I think that plays into that. This is a different generation that hasn't really struggled a lot. And so when we, when we have a pandemic, as you say, and you look up and you see people on the beach, and you look up another picture and they're congregated here and they're congregated there. You know, back in my day, it wouldn't have taken much, you know, for us to, you know, as a whole to lock down. But today, because of the it's a different generation not being used to a lot of struggling, not being used to, that's why you hear a lot of, rebellion, my rights, my this, you know, you know, and meanwhile, you like, how can you say that when you see how many people have already died? How can you say that when you see how many people are still sick and the numbers are still going up? But it's a different generation. And, and unfortunately, the body count, you know, the numbers going up, you know, they, in other words, they've been scared to one degree, but there's another degree of scared and we're not there yet. And so they're not there yet. And so, you know, you know, so that, and that's where we are. I mean, it, that's where we are. And so in terms of you and uh, songwriting, so is this something that you've done before or even now? And Yes, yes. I, I you know, I, I always have one. I call it keeping keeping one foot in the game. So I, I, I write all the time, you know, when I met, you know, I've, so I've been trying, I've been doing songs for a period of time writing, you know, I, I like the new social media we have today because I spend a lot of time writing when, I spent a lot of time writing when it required a lot to get the song out, you know, and so, you know, you know, so now I do like that, you know, at least you stand a, a better chance of, of, of doing something, working hard on it and at least getting it minimally out. I mean, and it, and it could go, you know, it could, it could go viral and get big, you know, but my point is yeah, back in my early days, you didn't have that option. So you had to, you could go through recording something and then you had to, it's like a gamble, of you know getting it to somebody to you know you know to, to help you nice and who would you say like i think you kind of mentioned it already with like stevie wonder and and marvin Gaye. so who would you say like are your influences or your favorite artists well i don't really have a favorite artist because there's so many great artists of my time <laughs> you know, like you said, i mean it's, it's great so that's it so i mean so i have an experience or an opinion about all the great artists because i have a huge catalog of music, you know, on my playlist, and it covers all the greats, whether you had one great song, you know, or whether you had a series of songs and albums. So yeah, it was, I, I, I grew up in a very musical era, and so I don't take anything from anybody. They all were greats. They all had great songs. I've been moved and touched and inspired by them all. So that's where I stand. When I, as a kid, though, I'll say this. As a kid, the Jackson Five had the biggest gift when I as a kid seeing a seeing some seeing black group brothers, you know, you know, for the first time at that level, yeah, that probably was the most inspiring thing because we, you know, we didn't have anything like that before. But you know, but short of that, that 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 that's my answer to that. So I think in terms of like sticking to to that theme, so if you can like tell me what it was like growing up for you and you know, if you were watching TV, what kind of TV shows were you watching? What cartoons were you watching? And this is like for both of you, so. Right. When I was coming up, 
um, you know, like I said, you know, we did watch television, like was like right after school, we'd watch TV. We spent more time outside than this generation, but, but coming home, you know, um, and there's different eras of television. When I was young, I, I watched a lot of cartoons. I'm trying to remember some of those. I mean, you know, like, like a lot, a lot of superhero cartoons, I, um, you know, uh, like, like the Flintstones. Yeah, like yeah, the Flintstones, the Jetsons and that kind of thing. And then, you know, and then with some hero Thors and the Captain America and then that kind of thing, you know, was on. And I remember I'm, it was a robot type thing on and I can't, I can see it, but I can't figure out, I mean, I can't remember what it was called. And then, we, you know, and then coming up and then, and then as, we, as, as, as the black shows got introduced, I remember the first one probably was a show called Julia. You know, you know, and then from there. Oh, I know, Julia. You know, we did it on our pod. Yeah. Yes. Really so, nice. So that was probably the, yeah, the very first one. And then after that, but the probably most, the first and the one that was first, you know, impacting, I'm not sure which one came first. I don't know if Good Times came first or Sanford and Son. I can't remember. But those were the most two impacting black shows of my era, you know. So, and, and I mean, Good Times definitely just, you know, you know, you know, just you saw the family, you could relate. And so and there's some shows in between I'm missing. Um, and I watched Annie Griffith, you know, you know, I mean, there were shows that I liked, um, you know, they weren't black, you know, because, of course, we didn't have a whole lot of them. Um, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, so, um, you know, but other than that, you know, a, a typical kid, but, but but definitely watching a lot of television shows like you're talking about. Yeah. Right. Back then, back then. Because for me, no. like being from the UK, sorry, um, we, I'd never like really watched Good Times. But like when uh, me and uh, my partner for the podcast, my brother-in-law, Paul, when we kind of did some of these shows, we were like, these are amazing. Like we there isn't anything of like similar elk in like in the UK. So watching no. like Good Times in particular, we're watching that. We're mm. like, this is this is incredible. This is amazing. And I think the Jeffersons was another program oh, similar yeah. of, of yeah. that era We're we're watching it. We're like, this is like incredible yeah. quality. And this was part of me doing the pod as well. Cause it's like, I'm learning about all these American shows and like our audience in the UK are learning about all these, all these different shows as well. Like good times, like um, the Jefferson Sanford and sons and, um, I can't remember what the program was before the Jeffersons. Uh, um, um, Archie Bunker. I think it was something was... along those lines. Yeah. And so like we're doing all those shows and we're like learning about them and we're thinking that these are all amazing. Cause obviously we did them cause we have um, black history month. So we'll just do like a month where oh. we're just doing black shows. Cause obviously we've got black history month in October in the UK as well because uh-huh. obviously you guys have it in february we've got it in october so like oh, two oh, months yeah. out of the year we just do like black tv shows and, and cartoons right. so just discovering all of these ones or like for us it was like it was a learning curve and also it was like these are so amazing so right. i'm glad you kind of said those because like it just it, my face just lit up when you said good times because like, i absolutely yeah, love oh, that show show. absolutely yeah, loved it show. And yeah, I mean, uh, like I say, great, great show. And what about um, you, Dante? It's funny because I grew up watching most of those same shows. I guess <laughs> they were being syndicated. Yeah, but yeah, most of those same shows. Uh, 
I think also we watched a lot of like shows like Three's a Company. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that in the UK. Um, there was also What's Happening. You remember that show, What's Happening? I don't think I know what's happening. I know. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, that popular black show with Rerun. Everybody knew the character Rerun from that particular show. But as far as cartoons, it was kind of the same thing. I mean, I think when I grew up, we had a little bit more stuff like He-Man and Transformers. Um, but again, there wasn't, back then, you know, it wasn't so much content available. So, and it was only a few channels, so you pretty much watched whatever came on TV. And um, did you did you grow up in uh, D.C. or did you grow up in L.A.? Yes. No, grew up in Washington, D.C. Okay, so how was how was growing up for you then? Uh, growing up, we we lived outside the D.C. area. Um, you know, the D.C. area. This was in the in the eighties and the nineties. So the D.C. was a was like the murder capital of the country for a long time. But we lived a little bit in the suburbs, so we didn't have to deal with that too much. But it was it was um, interesting times. I mean, I grew up in the era of like gangster rap and all of that stuff. So there was a lot a lot of you know things like that going on. But other than that, I had a normal childhood. I take it we're the same age or might be in the same age group. Or I'm maybe 39. I was I was just about to say you're probably younger than me. And <laughs> and, and and somehow you're not. I'm I'm 32. It's ridiculous oh, that 32. you're 39. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I was literally going to say you're probably younger than me. I'll probably just said like 27 28. Oh wow. Well, that's okay. We're still <laughs> but don't worry yeah yeah black, black don't crack yeah i've, yeah, I've got as you see true. i've got the the quarantine beard that's why yeah yeah i think at the moment 75 <laughs> percent of my face is just beard because obviously i can't also you don't normally wear the beard i've not not had a beard now for i can't remember now i can't remember a time mm. when i didn't have a, a beard but now it's just spiraled out of control because obviously i have no barber I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I have to be honest. I've been cutting my hair as well and shaving as well. Yeah. But yeah, I think everybody's been growing that quarantine beard. I think I might at some point next week, depending on how brave I'm feeling, I might just, just give a little trim. Like even my hair is like an absolute mess at the moment. That's why I've, I've, I've been wearing like <laughs> caps since the beginning of like lockdown. Because like my hair is yeah. an absolute mess. I'm just not going to. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep wearing hats forever, even if I'm indoors. I'm just gonna. So, so what's the extent? And... What's the extent of you guys lockdown? What's the extent of that? Um. Well, it's funny that you asked that because I think the the way like we've kind of done it here in the UK has been really bad. Like we were initially too late to lockdown to begin with, because that because we were like literally just going along our normal daily lives, and the prime minister was like. Oh, don't worry about the virus. It's it's absolutely fine. Everybody go on living their their lives and whatnot. And then once you kind of see like the numbers, just like cases just going up, blah 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 up, and it just got to the point where okay, fine, we're gonna lock down, everything's shut, and I think like the only sort of times that we're really allowed outside is for like an hour's exercise, picking up medic medical supplies or like paracetamol things like that or if you're going shopping and as of but last the minute, there also got infected yeah right? he did because okay. he thought it'd be a good idea to go around hospitals shaking people's hands that have got the coronavirus 
<laughs> so his thing was like, oh, this virus is fine. I'm going to go to hospitals. I'm going to shake everybody's hands and don't worry about it. It's all going to be fine. We're going to keep calm and carry on and the, 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 the bulldog British spirit. And I think that really worked out for us. And I think as of last week, it was kind of announced that the lockdown was going to start to be eased up a little bit. So it'll be like people who can go to work should go to work and obviously if you can't then you should be encouraged to stay at home and obviously then the messaging was really really confusing because at the one hand he's saying oh you should go out to work and take public transport but if you can't you should stay at home but if you have to go like it's really really confusing and if you actually look at uh, frontline workers, whether it's like people who drive buses, people who are like the, the the nurses, people who are in charge of the care homes, it's mostly people of color who are doing that, yeah. and it's working mm, class same people. Here. So it's exactly the same in America. So it's like the prime minister is, is essentially saying to like working class people and particularly black people is go out. You guys can go out and work, and away you go. Whereas people who are in a more privileged position can stay at home, can work from home, and they won't have to to go out and and face whatever whatever's out there. And we kind of find out that the rate of infection here in the UK has actually gone up now since last week. And it's like I heard that in the UK, just like here. Um, more black people, yeah. or, or I say this, black people are more likely to die from the virus yeah. Yeah. in the UK. Same thing here. The same thing here. And it's been said that black and brown people are being used as guinea pigs for yeah. the virus. Yeah. Really you, like I said, if you look at who are the frontline workers who are literally out there now, so whether of like the warehouses are all open, whether it's like people driving buses, whether it's like nurses and even doctors, whether it's like people who are looking after the elderly in care homes, it's mostly black and brown people who are doing those jobs. And when you see like who are who's getting infected more and who's getting affected more, it's black and brown people. Yeah. And that's literally yeah, like, what it feels like. Yeah, in the state of Georgia, they were one of the first states to like reopen and the and they decided to reopen barbershops, hair salons. <laughs> And they also lost mostly places that are owned and frequented by black people. So, but they didn't open like the country clubs and the golf courses no. and stuff like that. Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> and here, like they're trying yeah. to get schools to open. And it's like, yeah, like all the sort of primary and secondary schools. So like young kids, they're all like expected to like go back to school and, and teachers again are expected to, to go back to work. Where it's like, if you look at here, like Eton, which is like a really, really posh, fancy school, they've literally said, we're not going to open until September. Like, we're not doing that at all. Whereas, like, if you go to, like, the inner cities and, like, the sort of where we are, like, inner city, they're like, oh, all the schools are open. We need to get the kids back to school, education and and what have you. And it's like, yeah, how about you open, like, Eton and, and Winchester and... And all and all those schools first, and but it's like you're going to open all the ones where all the inner city kids go to, and all the the state schools, and 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 that and that sort of thing. And it's just 
I don't know. It just makes makes you want to pull your hair out because it's just it's so well frustrating. Yeah, I, I, it is, but you know, if you think about it, um, looking at what's happening there and what's happening across the country, and and, and you know where there's a lot of uh, you know uh, minorities. I mean, one thing about what's going on now, it's I mean, either you see it or you don't. I mean, it's you know, they expose, I mean, you know, I mean, like you said, I mean, we're talking about it, you know, casually, but that's what they're doing. You know, I mean, so, I mean, so, and so, you know, we should look at it for what it is, you know, and and, not, and no and no less or no more. So I'm just saying, I mean, you know, like I said, the fact that they're opening up barber shops, nail shops, and hair salons when, when people are right on top of each other. So there was a, bar, you know, there was a barber here um, just a couple of days ago that one barber infected 12 people. So, like I said, but like I said, I mean, even in the sense of practicing safe distance, those jobs are not essential. And those jobs put you right in the face, you know, you know, of the, of the, of the you know, of the, of the client. I mean, you're right there. It's like one on one, you know, you're doing my nails, you're doing my hair, you're cutting my, I mean, you know, we can't be no closer than that, you know, so you know and so and you so you would think that alone they wouldn't you know you know wouldn't be at the top of the list but you know but the list doesn't make sense anymore because over here they're doing one thing over there they're doing something else or one place is saying we got places down here where they say you can wear a mask but it's not mandatory so i so you go outside and i got a mask on because i got but you saying i ain't wearing a mask you know it's 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 like i said you know it, 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 I think there's a way. I do believe there's a wave from all of this that's coming. You know, you know, next a second wave, a yeah. second wave, and that's the one that's going to reconstruct that. You know, you know, this whole thing and the thinking of the the doubters and the you know. And I, don't get me wrong. And don't get me wrong. I don't want to make it light of economics. I know you're making a decision going either I stay in and don't get sick, or I economically I you know I can't pay my bills. You know, you know, you know, and so I saw it. So it's a, you know, it, it's a, you know, it, it's a, you know, it's, it's a situation where I understand what people are saying where I'm about, but I'm, I can't pay my bills. And I understand that. But, you know, but if you are the breadwinner of those households and you go out and get sick, you know, now what? Now you're just taking away your, your, your entire opportunity to help your family versus postponing it as long as you can but but anyway but i i know it's you know i i know it's got to be it's, it's rough for anybody dealing with that than to worry about how to pay their bills and so i understand i understand and uh last question so like i said like obviously you're feeling a lot better now like thank god for that and what i mean if there was like one thing you could say to anybody who who just thinks that because I think the, the 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 weird thing for me about this virus is that it can spread without you not even having it. Like that's right. the scariest thing I I think about. Because normally, if if it's like a case of oh oh somebody who may have been sick coughed and that's how I got it, that kind of makes sense. So it's like perfectly healthy person could be a carrier and then pass it on to to somebody. Who and and these two are not necessarily sick, so that's for me. Like that's like it's so it's so scary. But what would you say to people who who I don't know, like who still 
might want to look at it and think, oh, this is just the flu. It will go away, like the common cold. And because that's how people kind of used to see it before. But what would you like your your last thing? What would you say about that? I mean, my suggestion would be to take it seriously. I mean, look at the numbers like um, and don't necessarily listen to everything that you, the government officials are saying, because they do seem to be more interested in the economy than they are in the well-being of people, especially black people. Uh, but look at the numbers, do some research. I mean, I mean, actually, by just Googling the topic, you can easily, especially if you're a person of color, you can easily see that this is affecting us a lot more than it's affecting the general population. And then just use common sense. Um, you don't, nobody has to tell you to wear a face mask for you to come to the conclusion that you should wear a face mask. And really no one should have to tell you to wash your hands and use hand sanitizer and keep your distance as well. Like really at the end of the day, those are all obvious things that we all need to do. So do those things and continue to do those things. Don't necessarily stop doing those things just because your local government has now decided to ease things. Because again, at the end of the day, it's your life and the life of your family members that's involved. So that would be my my uh, suggestion. And then and then you know I want to bring attention to this song that my dad wrote. You know it it was inspired by awareness. You know and, and encouraging people to take it seriously, knowing that music can reach people, reaches their minds, it reaches their hearts. So when you guys get a chance, take a look, take a listen to the song. It's called the Coronavirus Song or the Rona Song. And then my dad, he goes by the name of the undiscovered artist. The song can be listened to for free. You just go to coronavirussong.com. You can also find it on iTunes, as I mentioned, also on um, on uh, Spotify and any other place where you can where you can stream music. But it's a powerful song that really makes it real for our community, and hopefully, it'll encourage more and more people to take this seriously and hopefully save some lives. Awesome. And um, I think you kind of answered the main bit. I was going to say, like, where can we find you on the socials? Everything, all the information is coronavirussong.com. Yeah. And yeah, that's, yeah, that, and that's all, is it? Coronavirussong.com. And that's where we yeah. can find all the details, all the, all the information and, and, and things like that. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. And we appreciate you for having us on the show. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much for talking to me. I, I I had so I had so much fun talking to you guys, and I'm so glad that you're feeling all right and and healthy. Thank you. And obviously, long may that continue, both of you and and your family. And, Likewise. Uh, yeah, come come back come back anytime. And uh, if you've got another song or anything like that, you can always drop by and have a chat. And again, love to shoot the breeze about music, cartoons, and everything in between. Sounds good. Thank you. We really appreciate you. Thank you, Apps. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. So there you have it. Dante Lee and the Undiscovered Artist. Two really, really nice guys. And I'm so happy that Dante has made a recovery and is over the worst of, uh, of the symptoms. And long may that continue. And for all of us really like the whole world i just hope and pray that we can come out of this the other side and return to some semblance of normality as soon as possible it also feels like we're not getting enough 
good news stories and feel good stories from this virus because it's it's so brutal and it's killed so many people all around the world and continues to do that so hopefully this tale can serve as some kind of inspiration that you can recover from this and hopefully in terms of all of us in the rest of the world we'll be back out there from our lockdowns and our self-isolations and quarantines hopefully sooner rather than later we'll be out of all of that and like i said return to some semblance of normality and as they said go on coronavirussong.com listen to the song the rona song it's available on all of the, the the music platforms or wherever you listen to your music support it it's a really really good really important song i think it sums up the mood of the entire world right now i think we need a, a little bit more of that where people are expressing exactly how they feel yeah it was a really really good chat and you can follow the undiscovered artist on instagram at undiscovered artist underscore official and yeah give them a follow support what they're doing so i really hope you enjoyed that and we'll actually we're actually going to be back really soon with uh new episodes and yeah we're going to be talking about some incredible cartoons and and tv shows I've managed to put it all together and yeah, I can't wait to to show you guys what we're going to do from I don't know, like in the next in the next couple of weeks. So, uh watch this space and you can listen to previous episodes of Yesterday's Capers. It's available wherever you get your podcast from. So, please subscribe, please listen to it, please share it with your mates and your mates 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 and also wherever you are around the world please let me know where you're listening to yesterday's capers because i love to to see and i love to hear where people are listening all around the world it doesn't matter where in the world you are if you're listening to yesterday's capers i want to know about it and i want to appreciate that and uh, you can follow the channel yesterday's capers on instagram at yesterday's capers one we're on Twitter at Yesterday Capers. You can follow me on Insta at Abdullah underscore Molim. And you can follow me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, all one word. Give me a holler. And yeah, let me know what shows we should talk about. And any other comments you may have for the pod, I would love to hear it. And yeah, join us pretty soon for brand new episodes of Yesterday's Capers.